Hey everybody, welcome to the Adult and Teen Challenge of the Upper Cumberland podcast. This is Pastor Tim McLaughlin, Executive Director, and uh, just excited to be with you as always. Uh, I say this every week, um, I'm just so appreciative of those that uh, tune in, those that choose to listen to this podcast. You have a choice, and if you choose to tune into this, well, God bless you. You're the reason we do this, um, and, and I, I just know for a fact that the Word of God transforms lives. The Word of God changes people. I listen to podcasts every week. I've got probably, gosh, I don't know, a half a dozen or more uh, podcasts that I try to listen to on a regular basis, different preachers that I believe in that preach the infallible Word. They preach the truth, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I listen to them to encourage myself, to edify myself, to, 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 to help me to be stronger in the world that we live in. And that's the reason that we do our podcast so that you can be enriched, you can be edified, you can be strengthened to prevail and to conquer in the times that we live in. So I want to jump right into this. I, I preach this um, just the other day, last week, as a matter of fact, at Life Church in Livingston, Tennessee, on Wednesday night, uh, I preached this, and the Lord really directed me to this. Um, the Sunday morning before that, I was sitting in church, and the pastor was preaching, and he was talking about repentance. Repentance. And a lot of people may not understand really what repentance means. They may not get the whole gist of it. It's, it's kind of a, a Christianese, what I like to call Christianese term. Um, and, and if you don't understand um, different Christian lingo, you may not completely grasp, you may think you know, but you may not completely have a hold of what it means to repent. Um, in 2009, I met a man that had been preaching the gospel for about 40 years at that point. Uh, he and I used to spend a lot of time together discussing the Word of God, the Great Commission, uh, and how people today try to give excuses for the way that they live. They'll say that they're script, they're Christians, but you can just look at the way that they live, and, and it makes you just really wonder um, how they can consider themselves Christians based on how they live. So he gave me this uh, this theological description. It's not really theological, but he gave me this great description of how many in the world that call themselves Christians live, and I will never forget what he said. So I want you to think about this, and hopefully you'll never forget it, just as I never forgot it. How many of you know what the white stuff on top of chicken poop is called? Well, it's called poop. The only difference is, is it's on top. And I think a lot of people think that they're Christians, call themselves Christians, want to consider themselves Christians. We live right in the middle of the Bible Belt, and so maybe their family went to church, maybe they've graced the doors of the church a couple times, but they want to call themselves Christians, but they're not living the Christian life. They're just wanting to try to elevate themselves, make others think better of them, or maybe make themselves think better of them. But either way, if we don't truly repent, if we don't truly turn, it's just poop. So when people say that they're Christians, but they're not living it, that's just a way to, to try to elevate themselves. Uh, I talk to people all the time that are sitting in jails and they've decided that they need to get help for their life controlling issues. And when I ask them about their spiritual condition, if they were to die tonight, would they go to heaven or hell? Many of them, uh, a great number of them, probably more than 90% of them will say to me that they believe that they would go to heaven 
when I ask them. And so then I said, well, how do you know? How, how do you decipher that you would go to heaven if you died today? And I hear excuses all the time or hear reasonings, I should say, of, well, I'm really not a bad person. I've just made bad problems, bad mistakes. Or they'll say, well, I've never really hurt anyone other than myself, so I believe I'm okay. Or, well, I attend such and such a church. Or, well, when I was younger, when I was at VBS, when I was a little boy or a little girl, I was baptized in water. Well, you know, all that sounds great, but very seldom do I hear the, the truth and, the, and what really matters is that they have made Jesus Christ Lord of their life, that they have repented and turned from their wickedness. I don't hear that. I hear all these other excuses. So that makes me ask more questions about where they are at spiritually. See, I've been around this church thing since 1996. And, and I, I remember people telling me back then, you just need to repent from your wicked ways. And I, and I remember going to church every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night, going to the altar, and I would say, Lord, I repent. I don't want to go to hell. I want to change. But what nobody really ever sat down and told me was about the turn. And that's what I want to talk to you about is the turn. See, repentance is more than just turning the other way. We, we tell people that all the time that, you know, if you're, if you're going this way, you just need to turn. You just need to repent and go the other way. Well, listen, if I've got poop on me going this way and all I do is turn, I'm going to have poop on me going the other way unless there's transformation. So I want you to grasp a hold of this, that turning requires transformation. The turn is not the, the, the turn is not just to transform, uh, or let me say it this way, to turn and not to transform rather, is just turning and it's, it's still, you're still poop covered. You're still claiming to be something that you're not. But to turn and to transform is to become a new creation. So where do we hear this word transform? Well, let's go to Romans chapter 12 and let's look at verses 1 and 2. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. The Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, he says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, understand that the Apostle Paul wrote this letter to the church at Rome while he was in Corinth as a way of introducing himself to the congregation and to give them an overview of the gospel and what it means to live as a believer. Paul was writing this letter to the church at Rome. He was telling them about how much he wanted to come visit them on his way to Spain and how he understood that there were many that were in Rome that had heard from those that were at uh, uh, the, the day of Pentecost, those that were there on the street, those that would have heard what had taken place in the upper room, those that would have heard about Jesus that brought this message back to Rome, begin to share the message, the good news of Jesus 
to others. And, and so now he's saying, listen, I know you live in a place that is full of wickedness. I know you live in a place that is full of much um, uh, uh, false worship and many other things. Much like the world that we live in today, Rome was a place that was filled with, with homosexuality, uh, false god worship, uh, tyranny, political corruption, all this was going on in Rome, and Paul is writing this letter to the church at Rome. And in the first 11 chapters, chapters 1 through 11, Paul is teaching these people about the good news of righteousness that is ours through faith in Jesus Christ. He begins to share with them in these first 11 chapters what many of us understand or hopefully have come to understand, maybe somebody has shared with us, what we call the Roman road. He tells them in Romans 3.23, says, listen, all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 5.80 says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us and that while we are sinners, Christ Jesus died for us. And Romans 6.23 says, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And then in Romans 10, 9, he says, if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we can be saved. So Paul is teaching a group of people that are living in a society, again, much like the world we're living in today. He's teaching them what it is like, how it is that we can, we can be saved, how we can, how we can come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and, and, and we can make this decision to be, to be born again. But then he makes this shift, this, what I like to call the turn in Romans chapter 12 through the rest of Romans, Romans 12 through 16. And in Romans chapter 12 through chapter 16, Paul begins to, to aim to teach the disciples at Rome to teach us what it means to live out now what we have learned about accepting Christ. So again, I think a lot of people hear all this about you need to repent, you need to turn, we've all made mistakes, we've all sinned, but if you'll pray this prayer, you can be saved. But if we don't understand what it means to turn from our wickedness, if we don't understand what it means to be transformed, then what's going to happen is we're going to have all of this, well, I pray this prayer, I believe in God, even the devil believes that Jesus is who he says he is, but if we don't know how to be transformed and turn, then we're going to continue to live a wicked life and just use a lot of religious terminology. So what I want to talk to you about tonight, or, or as you're listening to this message rather, is how to live out what we believe, how to make the turn. Paul begins in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, by saying, Therefore, therefore, I want to teach you to live like this. That's the therefore is the turn. The therefore is, is how we begin this process. I, I like to say it this way. I believe Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 is the Apostle Paul's thesis statement. It's, it's where things really begin to come in line for you and I, for the believer 
out there on how to live our life pleasing to God. So it's one thing to know to be saved. It's another thing to live out our salvation. So how do we do this? Well, Paul tells us in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, in his thesis statement, first he says, you must die to self. You must die to self. Not a physical death, but a dying of your old way of living. He says, we must choose to be a living sacrifice. Paul says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world. See, a living sacrifice to God is one who does not conform, but is transformed. The old man must die before the new man can live. The, the old man, the old way of doing things, must die before the new man can live. Jesus said it this way in Mark chapter 2, verse 21 and 22. He says, No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, or else the new piece pulls away from the old, and the terror is made worse. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, or else the new wine burst and the wine skin is and the wine is spilled and the wine skins are ruined. But new wine must be put into new wine skins. Now, let me just break this down for you real quick. God does not want to put his spirit into your old worldly life. God wants to put his spirit into our born again life. Now, does that mean that we're all perfect as soon as we get saved? No, and we're going to talk about that. But what we first need to do is we need to die to our old way of living. We need to make a conscious decision to get rid of our old man. As I mentioned earlier, I struggled for two and a half years in church trying to decipher, am I really saved? They said, well, you prayed this prayer, so you must be saved. But then I would come back and repent for, for my drinking and my drug use and my terrible language. And they said, well, you must not have really been saved. So was I saved or was I not saved? <clears throat> well, the reality was nobody taught me to make the turn. Nobody taught me about transformation. See, and if we're truly going to die to self, we're not going to act like the world. We're not going to talk like the world. We're not going to dress like the world. We're not going to do the things the world does. We are to be different than the world, so much so that people will notice and ask us why we're different. I had to get rid of my old music. I had to get rid of my old movies. I had to get rid of my old clothes. I had to get rid of my, my old photo albums. Now, does that mean that I was saved by my works? Absolutely not. But I understand that the blood of Jesus was cleansing me, but my filthy way of living kept on dirtying myself back up. I had to learn to make the turn. If we, if we want to understand how to be different, then we need to understand what it means to be transformed. Paul uses this phrase, the world in, in, in this scripture here in Romans chapter 12, where it says, do not be conformed to the world. The world talks about the spirit of the age. Now, he was talking to a, a spirit uh, that was there in, in the first century. 
Do you understand that today there is a spirit of the of the age? Uh, another way to look at it is a popular popular worldview. We have a worldview right now, uh, a worldview where people get caught up in culture and in fads. I truly believe now more than ever, one of the biggest fads that so many of our young people are falling to is the fad of homosexuality, the fad of transgender, the fad of LGBTQ, the fad of all this, this, this nonsense that's out there. So many people have never been in a true homosexual relationship, but it's almost like television and music and commercials and all these things. And even in our local schools, people are shoving this homosexual agenda down our throats. And we've got a lot of young people that it's just become fad to say that they don't know what sex they are. That is just complete nonsense. The worldview is more concerned with how many people follow you on social media than it is how many people follow you to church. We need to make the turn. We need to be transformed. We don't need to be concerned with the worldview. We need to be concerned with the Jesus view. See, People that are unbelievers, people that don't know how to make the turn, people that have never been transformed, they don't understand what that looks like. So they are naturally conformed to the pattern of this world. The Apostle Paul addresses this in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 and 3, when he says, And you he made alive, who were dead in the trespasses of your sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as the others. So look at what Paul's saying. He says, there was a time when you were dead in the trespass of your sin. Why, Paul, was I dead in the trespass of my sin? Because you walked according to the course of the world. You walked according to the plan of the prince of the power of the air. You walked according to the plans of the sons of disobedience. You conducted yourselves according to the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of your flesh. Why? Because your mind was consumed with this worldview. It's time for us to be transformed, not conformed. As believers, we are no longer conformed to the pattern of this world. We no longer belong to the spirit of this age. See, we have been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's beloved Son if we are truly making the turn. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 and 14 says, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us in the kingdom of his son in his love in whom we have redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of sins. See, therefore, therefore is, is this, this process where Paul begins to say, rather than continuing on this path of conforming to the world, we need to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. We need to put to death the old man and the old ways. Once we make the turn, therefore, then 
we not only die to self, but number two, we need to begin the process of renewing our minds. Understand this. The mind is the key to the Christian life. The mind is the key to the Christian life. Paul says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The reason why non-Christians do not respond to biblical truth is they cannot discern truth. Lost people, worldly people, cannot discern truth. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, he says this, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he now, or no can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Listen, in order to understand what God is saying, we need the Spirit of God living in us, not the Spirit of the world. The Spirit of God, as I said earlier, according to Mark chapter 2, we cannot put the Spirit into old wineskins. We can't put the Spirit into a, a fleshly life. The Spirit, the, the, the person that's living according to the flesh will not understand the things of the Spirit. But the person that yields itself to the Spirit will then begin to discern the things of the Spirit, will begin to listen to what the Spirit of God is speaking to us. The gospel, the good news of Jesus, the Word of God is a call for the unbeliever to repent of his sins and embrace Christ by faith, not just words, but action. Listen, you can't just say, well, I prayed this prayer and I believe in God, or I was baptized as a boy, or I go to such and such a church and still continue to live a life that, 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 that looks like the world. You need to make a decision that I believe that Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. Now I'm going to make the decisions, the actions to renew my mind so that now my life looks like what I'm confessing. See, we must turn and transform. The Greek word translated or, or transformed here is the word repentance. It is a change of mind. Our thinking must be changed or transformed from old ungodly ways of thinking into new godly ways of thinking. We got to get rid of the ungodly and start thinking godly. Failure to change the mind is not true repentance. To think the same way, to act the same way, to live the same way, that's not repentance. If you were going one way and doing things, and all you do is turn, and then, well, I'm going to church, but I'm still living the same way. I'm still watching the same shows. I'm still listening to the same music. I'm still dressing the same way. I'm still hanging with the same friends, but I'm going to church. That's not repentance. That's not transformation. What we know in our minds to be true forms the conviction in our hearts of that truth, and that conviction in our hearts translates into our actions. The only way to replace the error of the world's ways of thinking is to replace it with God's truth. You must replace your old way of thinking with God's word. We must renew our minds with the infallible source of God's truth, His revealed Word, which is in the Bible. If you are still having stinking thinking, you need to go back to step number one and die to self 
then proceed to step number two, which is to transform your mind. The successful turn is transformation through a renewed mind. People say all the time about adult and teen challenge. Well, all you do is brainwash those people. Absolutely. Their minds need to be washed. My mind needed to be washed. Our minds are renewed when we expose ourselves to God's Word. How do you expose yourself to God's Word? How do you renew your mind? Well, first, with a daily reading plan of God's Word. You need to start a daily reading plan of the Bible. For 17 years, I read the Bible from cover to cover every single year. I have chronological Bibles that I use for my devotion time, and every year I read the Bible from cover to cover. And every year I find a new revelation. Why? Because I'm getting more mature in my faith and I'm growing every year. And then God shows me something new that I need for this year that I did not understand for last year. But it all starts because I make a conscious effort to have a daily reading plan. Not only do I have a daily reading plan, but I have a daily prayer time. My, my prayer life is a daily prayer life. I don't wait till Sunday and then try to cram a week's worth of prayer in. I need to spend time with God, talking to God every day. I say this all the time to people. I say, you know, it's kind of like I'm not married to my wife Sheridan and I only show up uh, for Saturday date night. You know, I'm not, my wife is not going to be intimate with me if the only time she sees me is on Saturday night. And I say, well, let me take you out to dinner and then let's get intimate. That's not going to fly. I need to have daily time with my wife, discussing things, talking about things, sharing my love with her on a regular basis, sharing my concerns, sharing my, my heart's desires, sharing things with my wife daily. And that's where we need to be with God. We need to have a daily time with God, a daily prayer life. Paul said, pray without ceasing. I pray in the morning. I pray driving up the road. I pray throughout my day. I pray at night before I go to bed. I live a life of prayer. So you need to have a daily reading plan. You need to have a daily prayer life. And then you need to have quality teaching that reinforces that which you are reading and praying about. What does that mean? You need to get involved in a local church. You need to have a pastor that's, that's ministering the word to you. You need to be involved in a, in a small group where people are preaching the word. Not, not a small group where they're watching football. Not a small group where it's a, 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 a banquet fest every week where you're eating nachos or whatever. No, you need to be involved in a small group that's teaching the word of God so you can renew your mind. The Apostle Paul said in Philippians 2.5, Let this mind be in me, which is also in Christ Jesus. Look at the life of Christ. The life of Christ was a life full of the Word, was a life full of prayer time with His Father, and was a life where He spent quality time with His disciples teaching them. We need to be those disciples. We need to be studying the Word. We need to be spending time with the Father. We need to be receiving the Word through the teaching of it. 
If our minds have been renewed, if we are thinking like Jesus, then we will act like Jesus and we will not act like the world. The successful turn is when we die to our old way of living. We renew our minds to a new way of thinking. And then number three, we will submit to God's will. You will submit to God's will. If you've died to self and renewed your mind, then God's will shall be lived out in your life. Paul says it this way in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. He says that you may prove, prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. What is the proof? The proof is how you live it. If it's just coming out of your mouth, but you're not living it, it's just poop. Have you ever heard the phrase, the proof is in the pudding? Now, I don't know about pudding, but a life lived for Jesus will be evident by the proof. The word prove is a Greek word that means to recognize as genuine after much examination to approve, to deem worthy. So to prove is to recognize as genuine after examination. If you're telling people you're a Christian, if you're telling people you love Jesus, but you're not living it, people are looking at you, and what you're doing is you're leading other people to a place of destruction. But if you will begin to live a life that's pleasing to God, if you begin to let your actions line up with your words, if you will die to self, renew your mind, and then and then begin to prove it by walking it out, by submitting to God's will, not only will your life be genuine, but other people will see how you're living and then it'll make a change in their life. See, it's all about the turn. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 5, Verse 8 and 9, he says, For you were once in darkness, but now you are the light of the world. Walk as children of the light. Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all godliness, or is all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. Paul said, Walk as children of the light, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. How? It's the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, and 23 says, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Understand this. The proof is in the fruit. The fruit is living out the perfect will of God, not the will of self. Not, well, I want to do it my way. I want to live my life. I want to be true to me. Listen, we need to be true to God. We don't pray, what is your will for my life, Lord? We pray instead, Lord, what is your will, period? And then we ask the Lord to help us walk it out. God has a perfect will. He has a desire that we should love the Lord with all of our heart and love others as we love ourselves. that we would declare the gospel, that we would be a living example of the goodness of God that we would offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. That is our reasonable service. When our mind is spiritually renewed, when our lives are transformed through Christ, then we are able to discern God's will. To live a godly life. There are no shortcuts. 
There are no magical formulas. In order to have a successful turn, we must first turn away from the ways of the world and die to the old. We must turn to the ways of God by renewing our minds. And we must turn and do God's will, not the will of our flesh. Paul said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Let me leave you with this. Another way to look at the turn is called sanctification. Sanctification is a process. It's immediate and it's progressive. Saints of God, it's time to make the turn. We need to start we need to start dying to our old way of doing things. We need to renew our mind to the things of God and we need to begin to walk out his will for our lives. Quit living like the world and start living like the church that you're saying you belong to. Father, I thank you for this time together. I thank you for the word of God as truth, for the promises of God that are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. I pray for each and every one that's heard this podcast. For the born again believer, those that confess Jesus as Lord, may they take this message and begin to live it out so that their life is a living testimony of the goodness of God. For the one that's not born again, for the one that maybe ran across this message that does not know you as Lord and Savior, Lord, I pray that today they would pray that prayer, ask you to come into their heart and be Lord of their life, and then, then Father, let the Spirit of God begin to guide them into the turn, the transformation, the renewing of the mind, Father, that we may live the sanctified life and be pleasing to you. Lord, I thank you again for all that you're doing in our lives. I pray for this nation. I pray for those that are in authority in this nation, that they would get saved, that they would bow their knee to you. I pray for those that are confused, that have been swayed by the things of the world, that the Spirit of God would get a hold of them and rightly transform them. Lord Jesus, I thank you and I give you praise and ask all of this in your precious name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you again for listening and we'll talk to you next week.